Super Talk Mississippi media production. University Athletics. Every sport you find inside Crusader Talk. This is Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. We're covering everything William Carey University Athletics. From the field to the court and the diamond. On Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Welcome into another edition of Crusader Talk here on this Monday, live on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3, available on demand wherever you get your podcast from. I'm Caleb Hamill, joined by Josh West and Will Tony, and in studio to start off the show after we're about to recap a, a big week full of Crusader wins. Couple losses, but we're going to focus a lot more on the wins. This is a happy show. We like to keep things upbeat. To lead us off, we've got Coach Ryan McKenzie. Talk about success when it comes to William Carey. Uh, he is the head coach of the men's and women's track and field teams uh, for the Crusaders. And Coach McKenzie, first of all, welcome in. And what a job the Crusaders have already done this year. Well, thank you guys for having me tonight. It, it has been, you know, time and again, we look down and, you know, for a lot of people, they don't really see, you know, track and field stars, you know, moving the needle much as it relates to the grand you know, ledger of college athletics. But these Crusaders that you get to coach day in and day out, there are a lot of talented individuals that are really shining to begin the year. Tell us about some of the ones that have been out there and really performed so far. Well, this this season is a little different for us. Um, we, we we have a pretty much, um, I would like to say, seasoned ladies team and our men's team we're still kind of rebuilding but i would like to throw a few names out there since you asked of course <laughs> uh, so of course on the ladies side we've we've been we've been pretty stellar here the last few years and uh, we have a pretty good um i would say um senior senior squad with starting with joy abu she's been amazing for us um frederica mckenzie um Celise miles who's going it's her, in her junior year and also we have makeda linton she's a sophomore so uh, that's to just name a few, and they, they're pretty stellar for us and kind of hold their own. And, you know, we're trying to build upon them. i got a few freshmen coming in that um, that I, build, I feel like is going to be able to kind of replace those as, as they kind of get a little older and growing out of here. How different is it from the outdoor season to the indoor, minus, you know, friendlier weather conditions inside? Well, of course, we always talk about indoor season being, uh, in my opinion, being from the south. It's like not really traditional as sometimes as we say because it's, Sometimes we go to a 200 track. Sometimes we go to a 250 meter track. And outdoors, it's a 400 meter track, so it's a little shorter, and it, your mindset is a little different because you have to kind of run your races a little different. So we have to set mm. that up for them as well. In looking at the success that William Carey's had over the last few years, you know, we can even turn the page back just one year and see how great uh, the success already was for the women's side of things. You finish first in the conference and indoor, I believe outdoor as well, and now come back and there are a lot of returning pieces, as you pointed out. How is it that this team, it seems year in and year out, just continues to you know, bring in the right talent and continue to get to these stages to where they're an odds-on favorite to win the conference this weekend. Well, I would like to make put that a test to um, the hard work that that my staff puts in. Um, Coach Diaz and Coach Cooper, we all um, kind of get out there and we we do our due diligence on what we're trying to bring in. But also, when we do bring in these athletes, the university does a great job of making it a home for them as well. So we can't take all the credit just on the track because you know we have. Um, let's say custodians, we have um, financial aid uh, advisors, we have um, anywhere from just being around the campus, it's just great. Make them feel like they're at home, 
And I feel like that's why we're able to keep those athletes there and we're able to just be successful. Well, I was over. Uh, this is Coach Josh West had a chance to meet you uh, in the spring, and good to have you back in here with us. Uh, and I, so I'm over on, on a road trip with basketball this weekend, mm-hmm. and I'm over in Dublin, Georgia, just a little little ways away from Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. And a uh, couple walks in, introduce, and he, I got my William Carey gear on, and it's Stephen Roberts. It's the track coach, the brand-new track coach at Bruton Parker. And, and we get a little bit into the conversation, and he goes, man, y'all have got a really good track program. And so I'm going somewhere with that, with that train of thinking that line of thinking the reputation of this program now spreads far and wide and that is spread into recruiting in mississippi and beyond the borders of the state of mississippi Uh, talk about when you encounter these athletes their parents their coaches uh, what this reputation now of the program that has been firmly planted here at william carey in hattiesburg how that pays so much dividends when you're when you're able to go out and you don't really have to sell the program the program sells itself well, you know, uh, uh, cliche um, things that we all say, if you build it, they will come, right? But I, I would like to think that, you know, when we're recruiting, first of all, as, as um, coaches, I think that we're genuine about what, what we're looking for and, and who we are. So staying true to what we believe in as coaches and staying true to our mission statement um, on the track and field, I think that helps a lot. So when we get to things like that and when we meet coaches, we meet parents, I think they kind of feel like they're, they're sending their kids to the right place. And they know they're going to be taken care of. You just can't fake how genuine Carrie is. I mean, everybody I interact with, uh, it has been such a whirlwind. It's been almost a year now for me. And it has been so much fun. And it, it's just, I, I can't explain it. Um, you have to experience it. And how, how quickly do the kids pick up on that on their visits and talking to the athletes that are there and, and talking to other coaches and their, and their coaches? Um, is it something that is just so apparent when they step on campus? Uh, because I, I know for me, it, it only took a week or two. It took a, couple, it, it, a few handshakes, a few meetings, and I went, Wow. This place is really special. Will and I and Caleb talk about it all the time. How special Kerry is. Well, I think it's I think I think it's very apparent when they step on campus because first we we talk to them of course um, Viva takes uh, on the phone, but when they are on campus, they get to see the um, the person that they've talked to, but they also see that we're genuine. But um, when we bring in kids on visits, we take them around campus and we take them to meet all kind of um, different peoples and take them to the different parts of campus, and everyone is genuine. This is not a selling point because no one knows we're on a visit, right? So we're just walking around campus and we're showing them things and everybody's smiling and shaking hands and um, introducing themselves. So I think that point right there is, is a staple. And, and it's great to say that, you know, being at Cary myself, I, I'm in my 11th year now. So um, just to be there so long and people always ask, hey, what's next? What's next? I love it where I'm at, uh, you know, because we're here and I feel like family, you know, so. I think that that kind of rubs off on everybody who steps foot on campus. One final thought. I had this very conversation at dinner with with Steve Knight. Mm-hmm. You know, here's Steve Knight, been there over 40 years. Of course, Tracy's been there over 40 years. And Coach Halford and just the, the legends that they are. I said, Coach, it became very apparent to me very quickly. You've got a lot of people at Cary that choose to be at Cary. They could be at a lot of different places, mm-hmm. but you've got special people because Cary's special. I mean, that just says a lot. I mean, you got recruits that are listening to this and their families. It really is special. It is. It's, it's very special. And um, since you said that, Coach Knight, Coach English, Coach Halford, 
I mean, just to be around those guys and that just wealth of knowledge right there, you know, and they, they bring you in and if you have any questions, they make sure that they answer them. You know, it's, it's just, it's a family. And that's what, that's what it feels like all around campus. Everyone makes you feel like you're a part of something, you know, so I love it. Truly, truly is. One thing about families, we all like to root for each other. And you've got, again, a big task ahead of you this weekend with the conference tournament and then upcoming the uh, Nationals as well, possibly. And looking at what's ahead for both these men's and women's teams, I mentioned the women are kind of an odds-on favorite. Guys have a lot of competition there on their side. Uh, Who seem to be the ones in the SSAC that stack up well against the Crusaders? Well, um, on the women's side, you know, we've been pretty stellar here lately uh, over the past few years. Um, if we had to, if I had to name a few, you know, uh, I would think, you know, life, life enter, entered our conference a few years ago and they've, they've come on pretty strong. Um, so they always give us a challenge and we love it. Um, also on the men's side, I would probably say life, um, as well. Uh, so we would like to go out there, but, and just think crusader, you know, we, we can talk mm-hmm. about who's, who's um, our biggest challenge, but Honestly, I think we're our biggest challenge. So uh, if it's in front of us, we try to attack it the, the Crusader way. So we're going to think about us, but we can name a few that may be able to get in there and hang out with us a little bit. No doubt. Obviously, with track and field, a lot of different events uh, that your score adds up from. What are some of the best events that you've seen the Crusaders perform well in and out this year? Well, this year and in the past years, we've been pretty dominant on sprints and jumps. That's, that's been our base. But this year, we're kind of spreading it out a little bit to where we're, we're bringing in um, guys – and, and ladies that can also step up to the, the 1K and, and the 600 and the 3K. So now we're being more well-rounded, if I must say, so we can think of a team aspect and just not one area. So, But if we had to put a staple on one or two events that we've been stellar in, it would probably be the sprints and jumps. And this is the first year the conference tournament's being held in Gainesville. Is that right? Y'all have had it in a different place uh, yes. up until now. Yes, we, we're normally in um, Birmingham, um, Alabama. This year we're in Gainesville, Florida. Nice. And who's is it? University of Florida facility, or what kind of facility is it that uh, they're holding this in this year? Well, it's it's a, it's a new facility that they have down there. It's, it's more of the community uh, facility, and they they host high school meets, they host college okay. meets. And um, the great thing about it, with us being there this year for a conference, that facility has put up the bid to be the um, the host for the national meet next year. So wow. hopefully. We can get that so we can come back down from South Dakota every year and, and get a little warmth and go down to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be real nice. Even though it's indoor, it's still probably a little nicer in your uh, time away to get a little yes. warm, fresh air out exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. Well, Coach Ryan McKenzie, we thank you so much for joining us here on Crusader Talk this Monday evening. We wish you all the best of luck this weekend in the conference uh, championship event and then also uh, in the future for nationals. We'll check in with you soon, all right? Thank you guys for having me. Go Crusaders. Go Saders indeed. Thanks, Coach. All right. Coach Ryan McKenzie, head men's and women's track and field coach for William Carey. If you missed part of his conversation, you can catch that one on demand wherever you get podcasts. It'll be posted shortly after the show is complete. Up next, big week of William Carey Athletics to recap. Basketball wins, baseball wins, and a whole lot more. We'll cover those next as Crusader Talk continues. tuned in to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. What's it about every college athlete, what they come to a university, what they really want to accomplish while they're there? 
win championships. Yep. Cary's a school where they produce teams that compete for championships. And men's and women's track and field are definitely in that conversation. It's not just women's soccer. It's not just baseball. It's it's just about all of them. And this is not a Johnny-come-lately thing. This no. has been going on at Cary for a long time. I mean, this women's track and field team during the outdoor season last year finished second place. Yeah. Second place nationally. But don't you feel like, I mean, I feel like I've been invited in um, because, Will, you've been, this is not new to you. Right. This is second nature to you. Caleb, this is second nature to you. I feel so privileged to be able to be brought in, to be a part of being able to take getting the story out to another level. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope the hope is, the thinking is that, you know, within a couple of years from now, Kerry can quit being this best kept secret locally. Because you see that a lot mm-hmm. that you go outside of Hattiesburg, you go outside of the Pine Belt, and everybody knows who William Kerry is right. on the NAI level. But just for whatever reason, and it's probably because, let's be honest, we're in the heart, the thick of SEC country. Right. That just dominates the media here. Yeah. Um, and so. But, boy, you go outside of here, mm-hmm. and there I am sitting in a movie theater in Dublin, Georgia, about to see The Chosen. And, you know, when the coach comes in, he's like, wow, William Carey, y'all are really good at track. So said, you chose yeah, you are. chose the movie instead of going to see The Mouse, huh? I t- yes. I cho- <laughs> that, would, that would have been a long You sent trip. him that message, too? No, we were talking about Oh, we were talking phone. about that. Yeah, okay. I was 269 miles from Disney World. I literally, <laughs> as like if I leave at f- like 5 a.m., 6 a.m., I can go on an off day. The craziest thing I ever did on an off day on a road trip was taking Uber from Boca to West Palm to watch Tiger Woods and the Honda Classic. You were telling me about and that. Did a, and, and that was incredible. That was like one of his first tournaments back on one of the back surgeries, the back fusion that turned out great. Yeah. This was even before the leg injury, and ran into Michael Collins of ESPN on the course. I said, "I said, uh, Michael, is he back?" And he goes, "Oh, he's back." <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he goes on to win the Tour Championship, and then goes on to win the Masters. Right. And this was spring of eighteen before he won the Tour Championship that mm-hmm. year. Then went on to win the Zozo, and then went on to win the Masters. So I, I'll never forget that. There's part of me that wants to believe that the conversation didn't actually go that way. It goes. Is it his back? Yes, it's his back. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's no, he was definitely back. Um, looked great. That was a lot of fun, and um, but you know, you only get to see five or six really good shots. You 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 get to a hole forty five minutes early. You let him come to you. Jump mm-hmm. ahead two holes. Let him come to you. So it, it it's different being at a tournament. Golf is made for television, by the way. <laughs> made for television. Yeah, but golf on television is made for making people go to sleep. Oh, not when you play it. Not <laughs> when you play it. No, you're locked in. All right, we're going to jump now, fellas. I'm thinking baseball, just because I think it's the uh, the Better less weekend. I I mean, good weekend for baseball, good weekend for both men's and women's basketball, too. Mm-hmm. 4-0. 4-0 on both sides. Or, uh, no, 3-0 on baseball. I thought they had a midweek for some reason. Yeah, 3-0 on baseball, 4-0 basketball. Uh, good way to have a week of athletics. Uh, since I cover baseball, I'll, I'll just jump in with this one. I have never been a part of such an entertaining weekend of baseball in a long time. And I'm not just saying that because it's been a while since we've had baseball. I mean that 
sincerely and honestly and dearly. Because of the four games, three of which involved William Carey, one was a neutral game between Talladega and Georgia Gwinnett. Uh, by the way, if you missed out on that whole uh, spiel, Georgia Gwinnett was part of the Cajun collision that we heard Robbie Gutierrez from NAIA Ball right. preview uh, for us a couple weeks back. Well, all of a sudden, because of the weather they were having in Louisiana, the entire Saturday for the teams had to get canned. So they had to revamp. Georgia Gwinnett still wanted to play a total of four games over the weekend. They call up Coach Hoffer and say, hey, we're down in Louisiana. Can we ride the bus up there and play with you in Talladega uh, for a couple games? Coach Hoffer said, sure. Why wouldn't I welcome in the number two team in the country to my venue and play them on my home field? Absolutely. Be glad to. (laughs) (laughs) Worked out pretty well. That was an easy sell. But the reason I say that the competition was so fun was because every single game – was a one-run you know, margin of victory. And that's the most exciting baseball you can get. Yes, whether it's 1-0, 17-16, right. you name it, anything in between, it is fun down to the very final out, or in some cases to the very final run scored on a base hit or what have you. Right. And I'll say this, is there anything more stressful in sports than the tied baseball game? You are living and dying on every pitch emotionally. It is grueling. I will I will go back to um, 10 innings in November in 2016 with the Cubs and the Indians. And when you, you're, you're playing extra innings, game six, I think it was. It was either six or seven. I can't remember. But that was the most exciting baseball I've ever seen. I don't remember most of it because I was on pain medicine from having back surgery. But I I do remember seeing the final out, and it was just unbelievable. So let's just kind of go chronologically with these games this weekend, just to kind of give a a picture to the people that weren't there. Friday night was a nine-inning game, the lone nine-inning game of the weekend. Um, Kerry was down 5-1 going into the sixth inning. They were able to get two runs back there, and – all of a sudden, in the eighth inning, they scored three runs on no hits. I don't know who Coach Dominguez of Talladega you know, decided this is the guy that we need to throw for the remainder of the ball game, but it did not pay off for them. A couple hit-by-pitches, a walk, a couple sack flies, fielder's choices, and eventually uh, – and a wild pitch – Three runs score, no hits in that inning, and carry leads uh, eventually by a score of six to five, and go to the top of the ninth after being down by four just a few innings ago. All of a sudden, they're three outs away from winning, and take one back from Talladega. This team in Talladega that spoiled William Carey's otherwise perfect conference record last year. Yeah, because after they lost the series to Talladega, they swept through the conference weekends all the way to the conference tournament. So, they avenge uh, the losses to Talladega with that win ahead of Saturday. And and I think, again, for casual fan, and I'm going to insert myself in, in that category as I'm playing catch-up on the league and on the opponents and just, you know, crash-coursing it now here at the start of year two. Really, the start of year one full-time. I came at the very end last year. What makes Talladega so difficult? Because they really do 
pull from a broad swath of international talent, do they not? They do. They a lot of Dominican Republic players, uh, Panama, Puerto Rico. Uh, they definitely speak a majority Spanish on that team, uh, even from the head coaches down. Coach Dominguez uh, recruits those areas hard, and, and he finds talent. And it's you know a sheer fact of commonality. Uh, you know, I just say misery loves company, but you. Know, you appreciate the commonality that you get if you're a baseball player that speaks Spanish and you can play at an NAIA level like Talladega does. Now in the GCAC, but we're in the SSAC, both good conferences. Uh, and with that, they come and play. And it's early season for Talladega. They're, you know, they haven't proven themselves well. They just need that extra step. And they didn't find it against William Carey. Uh, the next game against Georgia Gwinnett, they led one nothing, going all the way to the sixth inning. And then... Georgia Gwinnett was able to plate two runs on three hits and win it 2-1. Basically the same story, a seven-inning game. Uh, so it worked just the same as Talladega's loss to William Carey on Friday night. Uh, they had the lead going into the penultimate inning and then found themselves trailing with three outs to go. Uh, so there's your other, uh, another one-run game, 2-1 to one in the neutral game of Georgia Gwinnett and Talladega. Then comes the fun one. William Carey taking on number two Georgia Gwinnett at this point seven and zero on the season mm-hmm. have not suffered a loss. We thought we were going to see it earlier that day, and Carey goes out there. They throw uh, Dario Herrera, who oddly enough does not have one of his better days. Uh, he, uh, to be quite honest, was not the Dario Herrera we're used to. Uh, he pitched five innings but gave up four earned runs, struck out five. He's typically in double digits of strikeouts through maybe seven innings. Instead, he pitches five, strikes out five, and gave up, again, four runs, six hits, uh, before being relieved by Preston Ratliff. So, Carey trails uh, by a score of four to two, entering the seventh inning, which, again, we're only playing seven-inning games for the Saturday because of the added opponent. But when we come back, you got to hear the excitement as R.J. Stinson took to the plate for a tie game in the bottom of the seventh with no outs. Talk about a setup made for William Carey's batting order. Start with the top of the lineup, nobody out in a tie game in the last inning. Let you hear that one next. William Carey and Georgia Gwinnett will wrap up the baseball conversation and finish up with some basketball talk as we continue on in Crusader Talk. William Carey University Athletics. This is Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. So earlier this year we had Cliff Barker filling in for baseball. Well, I just left y'all with a cliffhanger when it came to the results of William Carey and Georgia Gwinnett uh, from this Saturday. So Great tease, by the way. Well, thank you. Uh, seventh inning. Let's, before even carry bats, let's talk about what Georgia Gwinnett had. They started off uh, with a 9-1-2 hitters. And 
nine and one. They either strike out, ground out, pick your poison there. Either way, they didn't get on base. Uh, but instead of getting that third out on the next batter, shoo, double. Mm-hmm. So guy in scoring position, two outs. And who is coming to the plate? The Lou Brock Award winner from 2023, uh, A.J. Sipkowski, 30-30 guy. We heard Robbie Gutierrez a couple weeks ago talk about how great he is. I'm telling y'all, A.J. did not get but one foot in that batter's box before he got pointed towards first base for an intentional walk. It was <laughs> the definition of automatic. I, I, You know what? I don't even think the umpires would have had to look at Coach Hallford or anybody else to know that was coming. That was probably the easiest decision that will be made all year when it comes to an intentional walk. Yeah. You were not going to let A.J. Sapkowski beat you in that moment. And sure enough, as fate would have it, uh, William Carey is able to get the next out and get out of that inning uh, thanks to a fly out to right field. So next comes the top of the order for William Carey. R.J. Stinson, Jake Lissette, and Bailey Hendon due to come to the plate. 1-1 count R.J. Stinson at the plate in this seven-inning ball game, and here's what happened. Crusaders trying to get a run in the bottom of the seventh to walk it off in the seven-inning game. A 1-1 pitch, high fly ball. This might be it. Stinson hits it deep to left field. Goodbye! The Crusaders walk it off. R.J. Stinson, his first ball of the year, gives the Crusaders a win. And Georgia Gwinnett gets their first loss of the year at the hands of the Crusaders. Not too shabby. Good call, by the way. Thank you for that. That was nice. I mean, it, yeah. the moment kind of helped helped it out. Yeah. <laughs> when you live and die by every pitch, just like all the fans out there, sometimes the, the call just follows suit with the emotions. Well, I mean, it's no do you believe in miracles, but, you know, I, you it's know, pretty good. If only I had the talent and the steak dinners at halftime of Al Michaels. I was going to say, this man has never had a vegetable in his life willingly. So, <laughs> when's, that steak, when's that steak tour beginning, by the way? Oh, man, we got to get those advertisers together because right, we have yeah. got a list together of people to call, let me tell you. Uh, but we that got was, a list of places to go to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to wrap up baseball because we got to get to what you got to experience over there in Georgia. First time oh. we've sent a broadcaster out there. I believe ever. It may have, if not ever, it's been a long time. Uh, but the final game, this was kind of burying the lead. Combined no hitter for William Carey. Only thing was they gave up a run. So it kind of not diminishes the fact that it's a no hitter, but it, it doesn't catch the eye nearly as much. I went to the break after the final score was issued and then had to realize, oh, oh, that happened. Mm-hmm. So a two to one win over Talladega. Y'all, it was two to one with nobody on either side with hits. And then eventually Kerry got some others en route to trying to get uh, insurance runs. Didn't happen. Uh, but through that, though they had a lot of walks, hit by pitches, wild pitches, whatever you name it, there were no base hits for Talladega in that seven-inning game. And William Carey won that one 2-1. to one. So three, game win, or three wins on the weekend for William Carey's baseball team. Uh, biggest takeaway, though, for me, still are trying to figure out the hitting. I, I agree there. And then I'm I'm left when when I'm hearing these descriptions of this will, mm-hmm. uh, expectations are so high for William Carey baseball this year. 
You've got to win. Okay, we're two weeks into the season, two weekends. Kerry's 5-2, and two, already with a win over the number two team in the country mm-hmm. and the number 10 team in the country. Yes. Two teams that will not lose double-digit games this year. No. 5-2, and two, okay, and everybody's going, hey, what's wrong with Kerry's bats? When's Kerry going to really start looking like Kerry? That lets you know. It really told me a lot when the media poll came out by NAIA Ball after the two and two opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Kerry didn't drop; they stayed at number four. Right. So that tells me the people that know know, and they know that Kerry's going to figure this out. And we saw him again. It wasn't a lot. A lot of close games in that second weekend against really good competition. Now a three and zero weekend, five and two. It's going to continue to build. And once the bats, they'll figure it out. Once the bats fully wake up. Look yeah. out. Oh, yeah. But I mean, so again, expectations. Yeah. I, there's always expectations. Uh, I don't want to say that any one or the other over a year over year would be higher than in any other year. But Caleb, what does this feel like to you with expectations this year, as high as they have ever been? Uh, certainly you could make that argument. Uh, considering how many pieces come back, the yeah. biggest question mark was pitching. And right now, outside of a couple outliers here or there, pitching is going to be fine. Yeah, uh, They look pretty good to start off the year. It's just a matter of you know, if the pitching holds you within you know, a run or two if you're down, then it, it's all up to the bats to just finally get the breakthrough run that you need. And that's where we sit right now. Pitching is going to keep you in games this year. It's just going to be, will the bats stay hot or get hot? And everybody knows that. Everybody knows that these returners are going to be good. Defensively, this team is going to be stout. And the people that are in the starting rotation are not quite up to their standard they were a year ago, but the expectation is that they will get there. Yeah, I think I think the expectations um, that bullseye not only is on the Crusaders, but I also think that uh, there's a lot of internal pressure. And I don't know if they'll admit that. Uh, I don't know if the guys will admit that. But I, but the guys want to get back to the World Series. Yeah. Guys want to win a national championship. Um, this is a carry program that's looking to break through mm-hmm. over the last few years in one of the big sports and, and win a national title. And it's kind of a race to see who can do that. And there's a lot of programs that are putting themselves in that type of conversation in in, in women's soccer, baseball, then nip it on the heels, uh, kind of a notch below in the teens in terms of rankings is your softball, men's soccer, uh, basketball has a Final Four in their hip pocket. Right. Now all of a sudden you've got women's basketball that's positioning themselves with a chance, a really good chance at an at-large bid in the national tournament. It's almost so it's like it's an unspoken – expectation it is yeah but and, and so again i don't think they're talking about it but they're human they're thinking about it it's in the they back of their head gotta be yep big weekend for baseball too they've got to take on uh oddly enough we're already starting conference play y'all point university this weekend on the road over in west point georgia for coach hallford and the crusaders uh point university six and one uh, suffered their first loss of the year on saturday afternoon lost five nothing at home uh, but otherwise, 6-1, and one, they'll likely have another win on Wednesday as they'll play Tuskegee at home before facing the Crusaders for a Friday uh, night and then Saturday doubleheader uh, set of games. So keep your eye on GoWCU Crusaders. I'll have the live stats link there. I believe Point has a video stream as well available uh, to all fans that want to watch. Uh, Speaking of Georgia, let's talk about basketball. You went out there to watch William Carey uh, play against Bruton Parker in Middle Georgia State. 
some tight ball games. Just start off the girls' game against Bruton Parker. There was a, just a difference in two points with about five minutes left to go in that game. Carey was able to pull away and get that win. And you want to talk about two very close games on the same evening at Bruton Parker. You had, my friend, some great basketball to call. Oh, it was, it was incredible. And, you know, the, you mentioned the ladies' game and how close that was, and you just expected – Chenille Corpus to make a play and she did and was able to 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 close that one out and then you get to the men's game against Bruton Parker on Thursday night Kerry had a nine-point lead in the first half it evaporated hit a three at the buzzer to go up one at the half Um, Williams hit the James Williams who was you could feel was trending towards a career night um, was started as a defensive matchup, and then he's hitting spot-up threes throughout the first half. Then you go to the second half, Kerry builds a lead back up 10. That evaporates, and then it goes to overtime, and then Kerry takes the lead in overtime. And then eight of the next nine points are scored by Bruton Parker. Lance Smith is going off, their star guard, who's a, a guy who can really dribble and penetrate and do great things. And then Kerry fouls, and he's going to the line for a one-and-one, and it was looking dire. It felt like the game was slipping away, and it was really tough to watch. Crowds going crazy. And then just like that, everything turned. Uh, missed free throw. Ashton Campbell scores. And then one of the craziest 90 seconds of basketball that I've ever been a part of. Back to Blue. Six on the shot clock. He'll fire the three. Leaves it woefully short. It's out of bounds on the baseline. Great defensive series by William Carey. They're going to get the basketball back. With a chance now to make something else happen. 80-77. Carey down by three with the basketball. Campbell pulls between the legs with the crossover. Gets it up high laws. Into the high post. Casamesa right side. Moore he'll fire up a three for the tie. And he put it in. What a big three by Colby Moore. Folks, we're tied at 80. Like a bolt of lightning, the Crusaders have tied it back. With a minute 20 to go. Don't go anywhere. Turn up the volume. Lean in a little closer. Driving. Spinning. Burrows to three. That's no good. Rebound by the Crusaders. William Carey can take the lead right here. 65 seconds to go. Campbell into the front court with the momentum. In overtime, number one. Campbell drives, kicks, Casanesa into the corner. Williams for the lead. Count it. Oh, my. Williams a three, and Carey's got a career night from Williams, 15 points, 83-80, Carey on top, just like that, an 8-0 run, Smith to Burroughs to tie it, no good, rebound Casaneza, Carey's got the basketball and a three-point lead. And they would close it out as well, they get the win on the road at Bruton Parker, and Complete the first win of a two-win weekend in men's basketball. 2-0 uh, finish for women's basketball as well as the Crusaders took that one over Bruton Parker, 86-80. to My friend, that, that was something special from guys that have been relatively quiet this year. Yeah. You think about it. Earl Smith and Brumfield finished with you know, negligent or you know very few points. Both were fouled out of the ball game before yes. that run. Carey was that close to going down seven with 2.15 left, and he missed the free throw. 
and then Kerry scored. I mean, it was one of the craziest full stretches of five minutes. We couldn't share it all, but it was one of the one of the best games I've ever had a chance to be a part of. Mm. Yeah, only six points for Smith, nine for Brumfield. You know, very off nights for those two, and then. It's Colby Moore, Emil Cazaneza, and James Williams. All the guys bench, that stand up. 53 points for the carry bench. This leads us to ask, who is our Crusader of the Week? Good question. There's another teaser. We'll talk about that one next. From the coaches to the student athletes and the fans that cheer them on. You're listening to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. We have so many good games in a previous week. It is hard to cram all of that into one hour-long show. Lady Crusaders have won 10 in a row, 11 out of 12, and they're they're getting buried, it feels like, on the second page, so to speak, because... Mm-hmm. They're just kind of going about their business, just taking care of opponents. Yeah, They were heavy favorites in those games. They're winning those games. They're just kind of doing their thing right now. They're going to be more of a storyline here in the next couple of weeks. But, again, I just kind of glazed over it. That's a team who they're in a kind of a three-conference region, so to speak. Is that right? If I'm wording it right, Coach uh, English was telling me about this. They're third in that metric. Mm-hmm. So they are – squarely in the conversation at 17 and three overall for an at-large bid so if they continue to handle their business and beat the teams they're supposed to then they're going to take some pressure off themselves and be able to be looser going into the conference tournament and be solely focused on winning a championship Mm -hmm. and not worrying about the desperation of trying to extend their season and they're loose as it is oh (laughs) i don't know they don't ever get not you're right. They never the blood pressure never goes up. Right. They're so calm, so even keel, uh, and it carries over in tight situations. Right. And they and I think they learned a lot when Rally was banged up early, when Colton was banged up more even more early. She's still banged up, playing with a broken nose, wearing the mask. But um, again, this this team just continues to impress, and they've got ten players. They're deep. They yeah. can go ten players deep. They truly can. And right now the SSAC standings have carry a full game back from Loyola. Uh, Mobile uh, splits the difference between Cary and Loyola. There's a big difference in number of games played amongst these three teams at the top of the women's standings. But all that to say, if you're in a position where you like to root against or root for certain teams, I think the biggest one on your schedule outside of the games for William Carey in which you want the Crusaders to win is uh, cheering on life against Mobile. The Crusaders would really need Mobile to lose a game uh, to try to help settle out the differences as Loyola and Mobile will play one more time and then William Carey gets to face Loyola for the final game of the regular season. Uh, And to be honest, I think outside of Loyola, the life game for Mobile is probably the next closest opportunity for them to drop a game. Uh, so if you're looking ahead for that, just for the sake of conference tournament seeding, that's what you're looking ahead to. But again, these Crusaders uh, on the women's side also poised to possibly you know, win the conference tournament. Uh, it just somehow has been aloof for them over the last several years winning the conference tournament. They haven't been to the postseason since 2006. So they're – begging and pleading for an opportunity to finally break that streak. Um, 
So the women's basketball team, in addition to that win over Bruton Parker, they win eighty to fifty. Or excuse me, that was old score, seventy to fifty-eight over Middle Georgia State. They'll face UT Southern this weekend, along with Blue Mountain. Kerry was outscored by seventeen in the fourth quarter. Cleared the bench out. Kerry was up fifty-eight twenty-five right after the half. Was up thirty-three points. Could have won that game by as many as they wanted. That's ridiculous. Everybody got minutes. Everybody got minutes right. in that game. And the first five minutes of that second quarter, none of the starters were in there. Right. I mean, again, they were just having having a scrimmage. So no starter, typical starter. Basically, the average minutes for a typical starter in that game on Saturday was fifteen to eighteen minutes played. And that that's the depth of this carry team to yeah. win that game. Still win it going away in, by double figures. Just to put a bow on everything, uh, Middle Georgia State and men's basketball, uh, they lost to carry 77-73, tight one there as well. Uh, entertaining basketball all the way around. And that will lead us into who is our Seder of the Week. And there's no qualm amongst the, us in the conversation we had during the break just to confirm who our Crusader of the Week is. James Williams. A guy when you know, Josh was calling the game and I'm listening and I hear his name called for just the slightest split second I said who's Williams right and then all of a sudden you go oh yeah James he hasn't played in a while and then he explodes for 15 points when he had entered that game with just 14 all year it's talk a about a story great story coach mentioned him in the pregame that he was going to get some minutes that he would be a good matchup on Smith they mm-hmm. they're they're physical guard who likes to post up dribble penetration and dish and really is just creates a lot of headaches and then he comes out to start the game and he's knocking down spot up threes he hits a buzzer beater before halftime and then hits the go-ahead three in overtime have yourself a day james williams crusader of the week Final thing as we wrap up here on Crusader Talk, the schedule ahead of us, uh, men's golf going uh, on right now. I say right now. They had half of their uh, golf tournament in coastal Georgia today. The other half will be tomorrow uh, in Seas Island, Georgia, by the way. Man, just hate that for them. Uh, Then baseball action this weekend, taking on Point University on the road in West Point, Georgia. Basketball, UT Southern coming to town on Thursday. That uh, men's game will be available on Super Talk 97.3. Women's game at 5.30, men's game at 7.30. And then the uh, Saturday action for William Carey basketball will be against Blue Mountain. 12 o'clock tip for women, 2 o'clock for men. That game also on Super Talk as well. Softball playing this weekend. Also the conference tournament for indoor track and field as well. Whole lot to keep in touch with. Go to GoWCUCrusaders.com for all that information. Been a good one, fellas. Let's do this again next week. Yeah, it's been a quick one. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, for the entire crew, thanks to Ryan McKenzie, head coach of men's and women's track and field, for joining us earlier. For Will Tony, our producer, and my co-host, Josh West, I'm Caleb Hamill. Until next time, good night, God bless, and go Satyrs. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.